This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. I had three different messages I really wanted to give. But I could not get a handle on any of them. Do you know when you just know, I can't make this work? I don't know, if you're a speaker, you may have been there. I just cannot get this to work. And I don't really have any interest in putting it together. And I was cleaning the toilets here yesterday morning when I thought, all right, Irene. And Kathy had asked me, I think it was Roxanne had said, what are you speaking on, Irene? I said, well, I don't really know yet. So they looked a bit shocked. And I said, but, and what, I thought, go back over some of your old messages. And I've been speaking for about 30 years, so I've got a lot of old messages tucked away. And I found four, and I thought, well, I think that's what I meant to say. So what I'm saying today is sort of four messages that I've given in the past that I've put together. And I really think this is what I meant to speak on today. And I've called it transition. (coughs) It's transition time. Transition is a period of time where change takes place. Okay? So, we're going to read from one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, and that is Joshua 1. Joshua 1, 1-11. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people... Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Please take note of that. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you, Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Take note of that. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And another note. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, (coughs) go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land. The Lord your God is given you for your own. I love that chapter. That chapter speaks of three things to me. He's a generational God. 
It's about passing on the baton, and it's all about faith. So first of all, generational. Here's Joshua. Moses is dead. He has gone. But Moses had been given all these promises by God. And he, he had been told, you'll take the people in the promised land, leave them through. But when Joshua comes along, Joshua can't stand on what Moses had been given. God has to speak to the next generation and reiterate what he has told to the previous generation. You have to live on your own revelation of God. You cannot live on anybody else's revelation of what God wants to do. And I'm praying that that's what these youngsters who went to Rock Nations will discover. That they cannot live only on what we tell them. That you have to find God for yourself. You have to hear, and just spoken over you, but you have to hear that promise for you. And when you hear it for you, it is real. And every generation has to go through it. And a generation isn't necessarily age. You know, it's not my children and grandchildren. A generation, in scriptural terms, is the people who are alive at this time. So in this church, you are this generation. The past generation has gone. What's left is this generation. So God is speaking again to this generation. And you have to decide whether you believe him or not. That's the only thing. Do you believe him or not? So you get your own revelation. He's generational. He speaks to the next generation. He tells you what he expects of you. Every bit as much, and the words are the same, aren't they? I'm with you. I'm for you. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. I am for you. And it doesn't matter what you're going through. God is for you. So he's generational. And change has to happen. You have to go through change. Change is not bad. Some change is very good. Children have to change. You can't keep them in nappies forever. You know? Otherwise, I'd be changing my children's stuff. You cannot do that. So change. But some change is traumatic. Some change is painful. Some change is a part where life sucks, as we say with the change that goes on. But you have to, and this is what I want to get across to you from this message is, do it God's way and he will take you to the place you're meant to be. So I'm going to ask you one question. Do you believe that God can take you and us to where he wants us to get to? Because if you don't, it won't. Do you see? Because God doesn't respond to your need. He responds to your faith. And this is all about faith. Do you believe that God will take you where you're meant to be? And he'll take the church to where it's meant to be. That's down to us. That's not just down to the leader. And I'm going to go to verse 10 to 11. Look at verse 10 and 11 where he says, Here's Joshua going through the people and telling them, sending people to say, We're going to cross the river. And this pe- these people, the Israelites, these were the next generation. Moses had died. He was the only leader they'd ever known. He had brought them out of Egypt by defeating Pharaoh. They, had, they, had, they knew the story. These people hadn't seen the story, by the way. These were 
the descendants of the people who had come out from Egypt. But they knew. He was the man who had parted the Red Sea by holding out his staff. Just holding out his staff. Or as my mother would have said, holding out his scarf. I said, no, ma'am, I think it's staff, not scarf. She was 97 at the time, so we'll forgive her. See, he was the man that went up a mountain and brought down the Ten Commandments that God had etched onto tablets of stone. He was the man who was so holy after being in, in, in contact with God. God met with Moses, he says, face to face. So his face glowed. He was so glowing that he had to put a veil over his face because the people were terrified. You're so godly that you glow? You've been in the presence of God and you glow? Some people said that about Daniel Rowlands in the Welsh Revival of 1849, is it? Something. He... He was so godly when he was in the pulpit, his face glowed like that of an angel, that people were hiding under the seats because they were terrified. That's what revival does for you. Anybody here like that? That you glow, that people hide from you? This was the man. He was the man that brought manna down from heaven for them. He was incredible. And he'd gone. And they didn't even have a body to bury because nobody ever found Moses' body. He didn't enter the promised land. It's as if they lost all their promise when he died. And some of you may be feeling like that. That all the promises that you had have died. Because something has gone. Change has taken place where it has removed that thing that supported you. That you, that you relied on. And that you thought would be with you when you entered. When you came into God's destiny. And here's a Joshua rising up and saying, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And if you want another verse for this message, it's this. This time, they believed. This time, they believed. The last time they were at this place, they didn't believe. That whole generation didn't believe. Moses sent out 12 spies. Only 10, only 10 came back and said, we can't do it. There are giants in the land. We'll never get through them. Two came back and said, we can take it. We can do it. Those two, it is stated, it's said that a million and a half people came out of Egypt. And when they entered into the promised land, there's only two entered in of that whole generation. And they were Joshua and Caleb. The two who had believed God could do what he said he could do. So I'm going to ask you again. Do you believe you can do it? Do you believe you can get there? And do you believe we can get there? Because if you don't, we won't. And this is the thing. So these people had to make a choice. And they said, yeah, we believe we can do it. We believe we can do it. So on he went. just check and missed anything because I've got a, a nasty habit of writing things down and never looking at them so I have no idea what I've written here when I'm speaking so I'm just let me just check for a minute but uh, I'm gonna miss it so here's these these people standing there knowing because now what they didn't know was you see there's going to be another miracle with Joshua the Red Sea has to, that's that the Jordan River rather has to part again for them to cross over. 
And sometimes we have so little faith in the next step that we miss the miracle. We miss the miracle because we think it happened back then. It'll never happen again. It won't happen for me now. And we miss the miracle. So have faith. I urge you to have faith in God that he's willing to take you into where you mean to be. Now, something that's not so pleasant. The promised land was full of giants. There were giants in the land. There were enemies in the land. There were things that had to be conquered in the land. And what you have to learn is that that's the same for us. But the giants shouldn't put us off going through the next stage. Are you with me? You have to go through it. And I've got a list here of nine obstacles that you're going to face. Wow, isn't that exciting? Now, you're all excited. I want you to know what these obstacles are. And they're not very nice, but it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. All right? This will happen. I've seen it happen. As Pat said, for my age, I'm of a certain age. So I've seen a lot happen, you know? And this happens. You think you're moving on and obstacles appear. And these are some of the obstacles you're going to have to face. If you really want to get to the promised land, because don't forget, there are enemies around who don't want us to get there. Don't want you to get there. Don't want us corporately to get there. He don't want us in the promised land. He don't want us doing God's will. He doesn't want us getting God's destiny. He doesn't want us there and, and influencing everybody else around us. He don't want us in that place. He wants us stuck here, believing can't happen again. Can't happen. Won't happen. Not going to happen. Yes, it is. So, here are the obstacles. The first one is a fear of people in the land. He warns them, don't be frightened of them. You go in and don't you be frightened. You'll be frightened of the world. You're frightened of people. So we don't share the gospel because we're scared of them. So the gospel is down, down. We become like them rather than becoming like us. Isn't that happening? Be honest. We are are influenced by the world rather than being an influence on the world. That's one of the first obstacles you're going to get. And we fall into that trap very often as a church. the worldwide church, not this church specifically, but the worldwide church falls into that, doesn't it? Well, it's the way of the times now, isn't it? So, you know, we've got to be like them. Can't do it. Next, you know about that. There are strongholds out there. First stronghold is a block or a hindrance. And I've got to be absolutely honest. I can't do it. I've got to be honest. I didn't really come up with these myself. <laughs> I did say, what are the hindrances? Let's be honest where you're getting your information from. Otherwise, people think you're up here as some sort of a genius discovering all this. I'm not. But, you, you, you know, ask the question, you'll get the answer. So, is a block or a hindrance to the will of God? People coming against you, that is a block or a hindrance to the will of God in your life. Next, is deception. Deception. You will be persuaded... That right is that wrong is right and good is bad. You can't see you have no discernment to see that sounds good, but it's not right. That looks good, but it's not right. You lose the capacity to discern God 
in the good. You got me? So we don't get it sometimes. We can't understand how things are happening. Because everything seems all right to us. But it's not. That's a huge stronghold that's out there. It takes so many people down. Third one is, you don't put God first. Everything before God. We're, oh, well, you've got to live your life, haven't you? You know? Yeah. But you've got to live your life. You, you've got to do this. So we get into all sorts of things that fill our minds and fill our lives. And God is out the credit, isn't first anymore. Yeah. God doesn't like that. He says, doesn't you know? You've lost your first love, yeah. tells us in Revelation. Yeah. Come back to the first love. God should be our first love. Next one is discouragement. How many people fall into this when they lost, when they, they hit that place of loss, where change has taken place and there's loss, loss, grief, all these things, as I said, sometimes life sucks. It? It's discouragement, depression, defeat. So now you've lost hope. Guilt, shame condemnation. No, we don't feel worthy to get what God's got for you. Huge things out there. And you'll go through all these, I won't go through them all, but you'll go through a lot of these phases when things have been taken away and you're standing alone and thinking, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to my promised land. Compromise. You don't need to be so holy. Cool it with the holiness talk, you know. (laughs) Cool it with godliness, you know. You don't need to believe everything the Bible says. Heard that? Because I have. You don't need to believe everything the Bible says. The Bible was written 2,000 years ago. Life has changed now. People are different. Christians tell you that, not non-Christians. Christians, non-Christians do what they like. But Christians will say that are compromising. Next is materialism. The search for things. Yeah, that speaks to me. You know, clothes. You know, you know what Sarah was saying. Does it really matter? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> to be honest, yes, it does matter what I look like. I like clothes, and it really, you know, ooh, you know I get a bit, ooh, dear me, should I be buying all of these? No, I went, still going to. Now, you know, let, let, but let's be totally serious. It's when you're totally taken up with things and God is pushed out of the equation. It is not going into outfit and buying a new outfit, you know, and, you know to take what you were saying. It is not not looking your best and hanging out looking like an old rag. I don't think that's godly either, to be honest. It is making the most of who you are, but not being taken up with it so that it, that it totally paralyzes you to being who God wants you to be without it. Got it? Right. Pass out. That's my own, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There we go. Fear. Unworthiness. How many people feel unworthy because of what's happened to them to ever be able to reach any destiny for God again? You know? Immorality. Pride. Status. Reputation. Wealth. I'm proud of who I am. No, my status is important to me. My reputation is important to me. God, Jesus, is the only thing that should be that important to you. If you want to save anybody's name, let's save Jesus' name among the people. 
isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's who you want to be elevated in the community. Not me, you know, not me, really. But Jesus, elevate him. Self-righteousness. I'd never do that. Never do what he's done. I'm better than that, you know. I wouldn't do that. Looking down on people, thinking you're better than people because you have your own values. He's a non-judgmental God. He doesn't view you through the eyes of other people. He makes up his own mind. And the last one is this. I can do it without God. And that's humanism. I don't need God. I actually have enough in me to do it without God. I have to tell you, and this is one of the sermons I was going to preach, there is nothing in you that can do it without God. Because God says, no, without me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. The power in you is the power of God. Christ in you, hope of glory. Your only hope of glory is Christ in you. There is nothing in you that has power. Nothing. The power we have in us is Christ himself living in us. And he gives me the power to get through everything that I have to get through to get where he wants me to get through. So unless we totally rely on God, unless we totally rely on Holy Spirit, unless we totally rely on his word, I think we will make mistakes. We'll either hinder our progress or we won't get there. So, that's enough of that, isn't it? We won't have any more of that. That's a bit. So, those are what you're going to come up against. But when you come through it, which I believe you will, then you're asked to do something. And this is what Moses has done. You're asked to pass on the baton. And the baton isn't the traditions of ABC Church. As said in the, what have we got? Book, the book that you wrote. God, the constitution of ABC. That is not what we want to pass on to people. What you want to pass on to people is the gospel. You want to pass on to people who Jesus is. And because of who he is, who you are, which is what you've learned in in, um, Rock Nations, who you are because of Christ. And what you can do because of Christ in you. And how you can get to where you want to get to because Jesus loves you so much. That is what we pass on to people. Changing the way people live. That's what ABC's motto is. Not motto, but you know what I mean. I can't think of the other word. And I haven't been to Rock Nations, so there we go. So, it's my age. So you have to know that you have a role to play in the passing on of the baton. The church has to pass on, I believe, the full-orbed gospel of Christ. You can't pick and choose what part of the gospel you're going to give people. You give his wrath as well as his love. You have to tell them what he doesn't like as well as what he does like. So we have to be full, we have to fully inform people what God says about life. So we teach them all these wonderful things that we have. Christian belief, yeah. You know, um, faith in God, holiness, godly living, love, all these things we pass on to people. 
But on a personal level, I want to tell you this. If you're going through something today that is preventing you from believing that you will ever make it to where God wants you to be, then you need to look at the woman, um, the Samaritan woman. You know, she comes to Jesus. Jesus is sitting there and it's noon, midday. She's gone to collect water. People don't collect, they didn't collect water at midday. They went early, early morning. Midday was in the full heat of the sun. Nobody went to collect water at that time. So this woman was alone when she went there. Nobody else there, only Jesus. She didn't go in when all the other women were there because they rejected her. She was an outcast in society. So Jesus sees this woman and he speaks to her. He shouldn't have spoken to her. One, because she was a woman. And one, because she was a certain type of woman. So he got it wrong on two occasions. But sometimes godliness will take you to do things that other people think are wrong. So here's Jesus. They say they call her a prostitute. And they call her a woman of ill repute. That's how she's described in lots of things that you read about her. Jesus doesn't call her any of those things. That's the way the world has viewed her. The Bible doesn't say that about her. This woman had been divorced four times. And now she was living with a man. But she couldn't have divorced because women weren't allowed to divorce. So her husband, she'd either been divorced by her husbands or her husbands had died and she was left destitute. So now she's going to live with a man. And Jesus knew this and he doesn't judge her. And people judge on what they see and on what they know. Because Jesus knew her. And God knows and Jesus knows your story. He knows every bit of your story. And when he tells and he goes on to speak to her about worship and about who he is and about getting through the, the living water into her, and you'll have to read it, it's too long to go through in, in exactness yet. <coughs> she runs into the town. This woman who's shunned by all society, who can't even collect water with the rest of the women. And she says, come see a man. Come see a man. He told me all I need to know about me. Come see a man. Your passing on the button is this. Tell your story. Tell your story. When you come through, tell your story. When you've passed through the giants, when you've overcome depression, when you've overcome unforgiveness, when you've overcome deception, when you've overcome compromise, when you've come back in, when those people that you thought would be with you all your life are no longer there, when you've overcome all your hurt and your pain, tell your story. Pass the baton on to somebody else to say, do you know we've sung it? God is so, so good to me. That's your story. That's what passing on the baton is. That's what Joshua had to get. That's what Joshua had to understand. That he's the same God who can do it for me 
as the God who did it for Moses. And it's the same God that can do it for you as who did it for all the countless Christians before will say, God came through for me. He's the same God who can take this church forward now as the church who started it 20 years ago. He's the same God. So do you believe it? Because if you don't, it won't. This time, they believed. I want us to come to a place in Christ where I believe he's for me. I believe I can get through anything the enemy puts in my place, puts in my way, any hindrance, any obstacle, because God wants me to get there. Whether it's my fault or not, he's a non-judgmental God. He looks at your heart and he sees your desire for him. And he will take you to where you want to go. He'll take us to where we want to go. He'll be there for us. He loves us. And more than that, he wants his glory to shine again in this area. So what's your promised land? For me? I want to see 75% of Nettie saved. I've asked for that for years. I've prayed for it for years. 75 even during arrival, only 30% went to church. So I am more than doubling what happened in more than that. The churches were full, but only 30% of people in Llanelli went to church. And yet they were all flowers, they say. Every one of them, church in every corner, full. I want to see more than that. I want to see a church that influences the world, where people look at us and say, that's the type of life, that's for me. And we can't do that. If we're stuck, 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 just looking at the Jordan River and thinking, it's never going to part for me. So I'm going to ask you, do you believe this time? Do you believe for your life now? And do you believe for the church now? Because if not, it won't happen. So I urge you to believe God. He doesn't respond to need. He responds to faith. It is faith he responds to. And if we trust him and we love him and we obey him and we have faith in him, he'll take us where we're meant to go. What a wonderful place it'll be, isn't it? To be in that place where Jesus is glorified, where he's praised by the masses again in this town. How wonderful would that be? I'm longing for it. I've spent 40 years praying for it. Please, Lord, bring it. That his glory will one day again shine over your lives don't put yourself down because of your past don't doubt him because of your present believe him for your future in Jesus name Amen This message was brought to you by ABC Church for more information please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter you can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000